Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode number nine in Be With Me. We're in 1 Timothy, and we're in a list of uh, qualifications for overseers, which is another word for pastors, teachers, elders. It's all synonymous. It's one office. I'm going to title today, Silenced Teachers. So we're going to look at one of the criteria, which is going to be teaching, and we're going to get to silent teachers. You'll see how we're going to do it. All right. Here it is. This is from chapter 3 of First Timothy. Therefore, an overseer, slash pastor, slash uh, elder, must be above reproach. We talked about that yesterday. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable. These are the ones for today. Respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. All right, so here we go. Uh, respectable. Let's talk about that first. So respectable comes from a, a Greek word, kosmos, which means universe. The noun is cosmos. So you can almost like picture a respectable person. It's it's the it's an ordered world, an ordered universe with the planets going around just right. It's an it's an arranged uh, life, sort of balanced in every way. It's a considered life. It's a serious life, which results in an external witness of respectability. So respectability is, doesn't come out of, out of nowhere. It comes from the cosmos, comes from the ordered world. So that is the internal world results in an external respectability. And this is the kind of person you're going to be looking for as a pastor or elder. So the church which is like the world is called to res- so the church is called to respect our elders and our pastors and let that respect that comes from the congregation let that not be in vain in other words be respectable and then it just makes the respecting of the the the, the office and the person uh, easier so the outward order betrays this inward security, a, a, like a rest, a way of living, a way of comportment, a way of speaking that gives honor to the Lord, and then it results in respect uh, among man. So it's kind of like a deserved, by a faithful, long obedience in one one direction, obser- observation of that person results in a respectability, so an external re- respectability. Internal life equals external respectability. All right, next, hospitable. So that comes from a Greek word called, it's a combination of philio, love, and xenia, which means other, stranger. It's the love of a stranger. It's love of someone that's not like us. So someone that's not like us economically or racially or politically or a were uh, age group wise or nationality. Um, so it doesn't mean we're not supposed to love the brothers. That's all over the Bible. Uh, absolutely, we're supposed to love the brother, brothers and people that are in the church. But this is not that, that love. This is a person of a person who doesn't look like you, who doesn't sound like you. You know, their accent's different from you. They don't vote like you. Their passport may be a different color. Um, it's a person that has a different background, a person that's uh, a different age. 
So does the person that you have over you or choosing to have over you as an as an elder uh, overseer, does he demonstrate the love of the stranger? Would there be evidence enough to convict him of this? And why is that? Well, that is a way, one of the ways that the church is being built. It's very evangelical to have other others come into our world. Uh, it demonstrates the sacrificial, expensive, affirming of both the body as well as people that are outside the body. It's kingdom building, it's welcoming, um, and it's something we should be definitely looking for. All right, the next thing is able to teach. Now, I'm going to steal a lot of this from David Mathis's book, excellent book, Workers for Your Joy, best book on eldership that, that, that there is. Able to teach. Well, what does that mean? That doesn't mean uh, able to teach in a pinch or as an exception. It's someone that's uh, uh, skillful at it, committed to it. It's a part of of his DNA. It's the thing that distinguishes uh, elders from deacons. Deacons have a list of qualifications as well, which excludes uh, teaching because not everybody has that particular gift. All right. Uh, one of the things that David Mathis says in there is that the New Testament does not vest elders with authority apart from their function as teachers. And he goes on to say that that uh, the idea of gifted executives as elders, but not as teachers, it's foreign to the New Testament. So he, he, he argues for, and I agree with, that it is essential, it's critical, it's the defining aspect, or one of the defining aspects of this, this person's life. It denotes an ongoing and desperate and anticipatory relationship with the, with the word, and uh, it's a doctrine that's given by, by, by God. It's a commitment to doctrine. It's commitment to the defense of the doctrine. Um, it's the repudiation of false teaching. And for that person, it's the defining and leading or primary aspect, foundational aspect of the elder's life. So it doesn't mean like, hey, possibility of teaching, to teach when there's a gun to your head. It means that the person can't stop teaching. So it's it's externally effective teaching, it's adequately equipped teaching, and it's internally eager to teach. The heart of the call to eldership, overseeing, shepherding, is that is teaching. You want to have a teacher at heart, and the fallback attitude of their lives should be inclined this way, and their temperament should be. So why do you want this? You don't want just part of his resume, you want it part of his DNA. Because if you find a person like this that's oriented towards the word and passionate about the word in this way, you're going to find somebody that's submitted under the word. The study of the word results in people shutting their mouths before the, the, the word, or it, it should, it better. It should give you a person that's more struck with their sin before the word. It should give you a person that's shattered by the stone of the person of Christ as depicted in the word. It's a, a person that has seen the holiness of God revealed in the word, and they are silenced before the word. That's where I get the silenced teachers. Before you can teach, you've got to be silent, you know, shut up by the word. So the first steps to being a skillful, able to teach external teacher is a person that is broken and silent before the word. So let's look for men that have their nose in the book, that are humble and broken and desperate and yet able because of that, to be skilled teachers. Thanks for listening.